Coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, the Tim Anderson Podcast is back again for 2024. Rhino's out tonight. Rhino is, um, you know, he's sad. Now, he says he's got headphone issues, but he's also been very upset with the football results over the last uh, 48 hours or so. Michigan is currently in a tie in overtime against Alabama as I record this part of the podcast. So, uh, he doesn't have a lot to talk about at this moment. Uh, we'll see if he decides to join us later on in the pod tonight. But for now, he's going to sit this one out. It's going to be Zach and I. We're going to get after it today. We're going to talk a little football, talk about what happened over the weekend, and then go from there. So the pod is next. Enjoy. Hey, it's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. Happy New Year, everybody. January 1st, 2024. Happy to be here. And I'm joined alongside the coach, the coordinator, the everything. Zach, Packer fan, knee neighbor, and the ownership couldn't be happier after last night's uh, demolishing of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure your owner's meeting was pleasant this morning. Zach, good to have you. Uh, good to be here, Tim. I, you know, it's uh, it's it's always good when you can eliminate a division rival. Um, good way to start the new year, you know. And uh, interestingly enough, right, Ryan with technical difficulties, you know, <laughs> I can't make it in, you know, shocker, shocker. I, I'll say this. I show up every time, even after a Packers loss. There, We almost needed to do a wellness check on Ryan last night. He was he was not in a good way. And when the Michigan Wolverines were winning this football game earlier, uh, definitely also not in a good way. Like this has not been a good couple of uh, a good couple of weeks for Ryan. He's gone out in fantasy football. Ohio State loses. Uh, the Vikings get clobbered, you know, his Jaron Hall hopes of pinning the future to Jaron Hall go up in flames. Uh, it was a tough one for him. That's a shame. <laughs> it was a good win for your Packers. They're still alive. That's uh, fantastic. Um, for you anyway. Uh, but we started to get the playoff picture to get a little clarity over the weekend. We saw a lot of teams get eliminated. Uh, we saw our Eliminator Dreams go up in smoke. We're going to talk about that, too. But uh, we have some clarity as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Um, no surprises, really, other than Philadelphia losing to Arizona yesterday. But uh, your thoughts on kind of how the playoff picture is shaking out? Yeah, that was a, a tough loss for Philly. And, you know, I, I, gave him, I gave him credit last week and feel like a fool for doing so. Uh, so that's been frustrating. Um I you know it's going to be a fun playoff. I know that there's there's a handful of games right? we're probably going to get a couple of duds in the first round because we're going to have 9 and 8 teams getting in. Um but I think it's setting up to be an exciting playoff. A lot of it's because just I think there's a lot of um question marks in the first round too. Right? I, I there's there's going to be blowouts, but I also think that there's going to be plenty of games that you could go either way. Absolutely good. You know, I mean, I think we clearly think that San Francisco and Baltimore are the best teams, but they'll have the bye. So those other six games should be fun. Um, and hopefully uh, they'll be even more fun since they'll be in Vegas for them. <laughs> that, that is interesting that you told us that. That was big news over the weekend. I thought about leading with that. But uh, yeah, you're heading to Vegas for wildcard weekend. I'm assuming a shekel or two is going to get put down on something. Not yeah, really we'll, sure. see, we'll see once we know the matchups. Um, I won't be out there for the Saturday games. We're getting in early Sunday morning. Um, supposed to land about 8 o'clock 
Vegas time. Oof. So that gives us two hours before the first game. So we should be able to get uh, to the hotel and and get a get a better two down before that first game starts. Um, just making a quick trip. We're out flying out Sunday morning. We're coming back Tuesday night. So um, it'll be quick, but it'll be fun. We uh, we got some cash uh, for Christmas to take a vacation. That was the it was given to us and said take a vacation and. We talked about a lot of different things, and then a great deal popped up for Vegas again, which I will never say no to Vegas, so uh, that's where we're going. I would never say no to Vegas either, and I actually think you're going for the right amount of time. Like two days, two and a half days is the right amount of time for Vegas. Anything more, and uh, it becomes a very expensive trip, and uh, you look like one of those mopes, you know, in the casinos late at night. You know, you got a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. It's You're miserable. You're unhappy. We- that's like a lot of guys. We kicked around one more day because um, it only came out to like $50 more total mm. um, in terms of flight and hotel, right? I mean, if you're another day there, right, that's another day of meals and, and gambling and entertainment and whatnot. But uh, in the end, we decided to to go with just the basically the three-day trip because um, I, I said, you know, Caitlin's mom's going to be watching the boys. And I'm like, well, she'd probably appreciate a three-day trip instead of four, so... Correct. That, that, I think that's a pretty fair way to go about it. But either way, I think it's the right amount of time. You're going to have a great time out there. Weather's going to be great. And uh, you're going to enjoy yourself. And I look forward to it. I can't wait for a full report uh, during wildcard. Uh, you can only, maybe you'll just have to try to bring the mic along and just phone in a quick report or something or other. Uh, and, and then uh, we'll, we'll get a feedback uh, from you on that one. Well, and, and if, we, if we record on Tuesday, which we've done a few times. Yes, we have. Uh, I should hopefully be back for that. So, oh, good. Yes. Okay. We then we will definitely shoot for night. Tuesday that night because there is a Monday night playoff game in the wild card again, right? That is right. Diff- that is, yeah. So maybe that makes sense. That'll work well. We'll do that. We'll do Tuesday. That'll be perfect. Um, we should. I'll start with this uh, because I'm the I'm the staunch defender of the referees, and I know Zach on Twitter came after me and in the text chain because how are you going to defend that one, Anderson? You know, I get that that one, and I'm going to be honest, it's not defensible. It's uh, it's indefensible. We'll not defend the indefensible. Brad Allen um, should be reprimanded, and it sounds like he has been, like he's been pulled out of playoff duty, things of that nature, um, but. But I would think you would even go further and say that's fireable. That that's a fireable offense I'll, as a referee to screw that up. And he cost a team a football game in well, the Dallas I think Detroit game. The issue with it is that it was it wasn't a judgment call that was missed, right? And that's where you've been pretty clear on you don't you don't want to hear about ju- complaints about judgment calls. And I get that because um, normally I'm with you. I yeah. know. Um, but this one was, uh, I mean, they they messed up the procedures of the game somehow right and and there's a lot of uh a lot of people out there speculating on this or that but what i've also learned in this is a lot of people don't understand the rules people are saying well he lined up illegally he didn't um this guy was covered no like it all goes back to who reported eligible and who didn't or what the there was going on there um and in the end, it's it's just it's a frustrating way to see a game end. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, how, hell of a game. How about Dan Campbell then going for it from the seven? Yeah. Instead of kicking it. And then he gets the offsides. So then he gets to put it down to the three and a half. And he goes for it again and doesn't get just wild. 
Yeah, Dan Campbell, I think, is like, I don't know what he is. Like, if he's just like averse from tying the game and going to overtime and taking his chances, but part of me already just felt like I wouldn't win an, he wouldn't win an overtime game. I don't know. Maybe like well, on the I, road, the he needs to go for it. I don't know why his thought like is on call to go for it. Yeah, I do too. But then I once you take a penalty, I think I kick it. I think most people kick it. You know, like that's and then conventional once, wisdom. And then again, though, once it goes back to the three and a half yard line, then I'm I'm kind of okay with him going for it again. Yeah. Um it's you know, it's uh and again And part of it is that's Dan Campbell. That's who he is. Yeah, like it's he probably goes for not it. it's probably not gonna affect much. No. Right? Like they could have maybe ended up in a two seed, they're gonna be the three, but it still don't think it was likely. So I'm I'm okay. You know, like it's not the end of the world. Um, but yes, those guys, those refs, it should cost them playoff games. Absolutely. It should. Absolutely. It should. And yes, and I still will go back with Detroit could have done other things to win the football game. Like they played terrible from basically the second through the third quarter. They didn't move the ball. They didn't score. They didn't do anything. Michigan wins in overtime. Michigan wins in overtime. It's official. Oh no, Ryan. We might need to, we might need to check on Ryan. He did email, he did text me his power rankings for the week, uh, so I do have those. But uh, Ryan was very upset uh, that Michigan. I asked him, you know, because here's the thing: I asked him to cheer for Michigan today because you know, like I'm tired of the SEC and listening to Paul Feinbaum get all self righteous about I will not recognize them as the champions and blah 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 blah. Um, so I'm like Ryan. I mean Ryan, don't you aren't you just a little sick of the SEC? Here's what he responded with in quotes, just for my listening audience. The SEC is a fact of life. I'm sick of Michigan. I want to want them to fail at all times. I am not one of these people that believes the sport is better when Michigan is good. I want them to lose all the time. If they went 0-11 every year, I would be thrilled. I hate them, and I hate their stupid helmets, and I hate Jim Harbaugh and his fucking khakis. I hate Bo Schembechler. I hate their stupid campus. I hate their academic prestige, in quotes. I hate Michigan men, in quotes. I hate their fight song. I hate their Jordan branding, and their marching band sucks. <laughs> And they're going to be in the championship next week. <laughs> yeah, he gets to live with it for another week. He'll be even better next week. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe the pod next week? It'll be so good. Poor Rhino. I just I feel better, buddy. I'm, 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 I worry about you. You're my friend. Um, yeah, I agree with you on all the Dallas-Denver. I don't think it's going to change anything for Detroit. I, I really don't. I think they're going to be a tough out in round one, and they're going to have to deal with, what, Seattle or L.A. in round one? That should be a hell of a game if it gets to that point. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm looking fun. forward to, uh, you know, Stafford going back there with Goff for the first home playoff game there in, what, 30 years? Oh, the crowd will be nuts. It'll have a great vibe to it. That would actually be a super watchable game. Would not mind if that was the Monday nighter. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and how they how they treat that Monday night game. Is that going to be the most exciting game. I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to try to divide those up. I mean, we all know that the Saturday morning game, right, is usually the... Yeah, that'll be the... Uh, <laughs> that's the dud. <laughs> that's the Nickelodeon... Um, yep. Gak, the Gak Bowl or the... Yep. You know, whatever it is. That's the Nickelodeon Bowl. Whoever's that's going to be in. That smells like whoever has to play Jacksonville in round one. Doesn't that well, kind of smell know, like... I, I think that if it's Jacksonville, Cleveland, like Cleveland's got a little... Cleveland's got some juice. You probably want to watch Cleveland. Right. That might end up being, you know, whoever wins the AFC South or I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, like, or the we'll NFC, could that be Tampa and Seattle? Like what if it's Tampa, Seattle or it, Tampa? It would be Tampa, Philly. 
Or oh, Tampa, oh, that's Dallas. right. It's Tampa, Philly. That's right. That's right. Tampa, Philly. And it will not be Dallas. So we know that. So, well, it could be. You don't, but I mean, Dallas has the, but nah, they wouldn't put Dallas in the, oh, in the game. Yeah. Oh, the they game wouldn't put, could be Dallas and Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, they could, well, they but they wouldn't put Dallas. Night, they won't put it Saturday morning. Yes. No, they won't. They won't do that. My guess is it'll be, even though they like Cleveland, I'll bet you they would do that to Cleveland in Jacksonville because or, I mean the yeah. Gak Bowl. Jacksonville draws nothing. There's no. There's no crowd for that. No. Indy Miami isn't have a lot of juice to it either. Yeah, Indy Miami could be a good good candidate for it as well. I kind of agree with you. That's 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 true. Um, we like Baltimore and San Francisco. We've kind of been on them for about six weeks as the best teams, and uh, at bared fruit uh, this weekend, they, you know, Miami rolled over Baltimore. Baltimore rolled over Miami, and San Francisco just went in and took care of business against Washington. Uh, they look like the two clear best teams, especially after watching Philly and after watching Dallas. And we've been on that all season. Are they beatable? Do you think that's going to be the Super Bowl matchup or? Or is there some some enough cracks in the armor on both sides that we think they can get beaten? Well, I think if you were going to predict right now, that's the most likely scenario. Um, but I think that it's possible. Um, it's it's possible that, that that's not the matchup, right? I mean, there's a lot of different ways it can go. And... I mean, there's obviously we think there's other good teams too. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and, um, you know, Miami looked very pedestrian, but it's, you know, they could win a shootout with someone if they, if they happen to get in it. Like, I know that we've thought Kansas City isn't great, but, right. I don't think you can cross off a lot of these teams yet. No, San I completely, Francisco, yeah. San Francisco and Baltimore are the favorites. Um, you know, especially when if Dallas and Philly have to go out to San Francisco, but I know it's weird because I think I think Dallas is better than Philly right now. After all of this, even though mm-hmm. I had him reversed last week, I'm I'm ready to say that. But I also feel like Philly would have a better chance to win in San Francisco. Yeah, you like the mobile quarterback, kind of like what he can do. They clearly ran into trouble against like I give Arizona credit. Like Arizona's feisty as hell. Like. John, they, I mean, they they have a losing record. They're not they're not a great football team, but I feel like they play everybody pretty hard. And uh, they, that was a bad matchup for Philly. Um, give Jonathan Gannon credit. I actually thought he was going to be way over his head, over his skis, and he might be still. But at least this year, they've shown a level of competence for a bad team that I think deserves some credit. So um, interesting stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, other news that, to talk about, I guess, around the league uh, real quickly because I want to talk Hall of Fame nominees and get into our Eliminator with you. We're going to do a shorter football pod tonight because Zach and I are going to double feature this, and we're going to do a baseball pod tonight as well, give you like a little 45-minute uh, pod on all things hot stove. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, you can look for that also here on our feed uh, in the next uh, day or so. So a couple other uh, quick headline pieces, and then I'm going to have to go talk Hall of Fame with you in Eliminator. Um, impressive win by Pittsburgh in Seattle. Uh, Pittsburgh might – another winning season for Mike Tomlin, just as you predicted. I uh, give you credit for that one. You got that one done. Uh, Jaron Hall, pretty bad. I think also predicted by you. That was pretty tough. But Jordan Love's emergence, uh, I give you credit. Like you didn't panic on Jordan Love. I think you stayed the course and credit Green Bay for staying the course and not panicking when things looked a little rough because now it looks like Jordan Love's figured it out. Uh yeah, he's he's definitely 
the the issues they've had this year have not been Jordan Love related. And I know a lot's been made of they they have the youngest um, group of skill guys out there, and um, and he's really not throwing to a ton of stud wide receivers right now. I mean, they've had some guys who have looked good at times, but they've had guys who have missed a lot of games. Um, I I think there's a lot of good things to come here in Green Bay, um, and it's still probably a year or two away. Right, I mean, I'm I'm not expecting a huge playoff run here, um, and and they may not even get in too, right? They still they were in this spot last last year where they had a must win game against a team that we thought they were better than, and they lost it to the Lions. And so, and credit the Bears are playing better football. Like yeah. they have a chance to close the season out. Like what eight and or seven and nine. You know, with uh, the worst, they've got seven wins right now. They're yeah, seven they're and seven eight. and nine right now, so they could seven. finish eight and nine. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that considering where they were, that's a hell of a return on them the last five weeks or so. Yep. So that'll be a tough out. And Justin Fields looks a lot better. I was going to ask you this, because in relation to like Fields and Love, those two teams sort of stayed the course with their guy and allowed them to kind of fight their way through it. And now they're kind of seeing the payoff on that. Meanwhile, you know, I really think Arthur Smith bungled Desmond Ritter this year. Uh, by switching to Heineke, then back to Ritter, then back to Heineke. Heineke's terrible yesterday. I mean, he was just awful. Uh, and it makes me think that, yeah, they they probably, the coach clearly pulled the plug too early and panicked. And same thing in New York, right? They went to, they they had Wilson, they went away from Wilson, went to this guy, brought back to Wilson, went away, got back to Wilson. And the Vikings, I worry O'Connell fell victim to that too this week. Had you know, Kirk gets hurt. You go to Hall. Hall gets hurt. Nothing you can do about that. But you go to Dobbs. Then you have to go to Mullins. Now you go to Jaron Hall. Now you're back to Mullins. And it and it feels like a coach without a plan or maybe a young coach being a little indecisive. I don't know. Did you see it that way? And are you concerned when coaches pull the plug on QBs like this? I think that there's different guys that give you different scenarios, right? There's not a one size fits all answer to that question. Um, I understand why they did what they did in with the jets, because this isn't the first year of Zach Wilson, right? I mean, he's had multiple opportunities here and they've decided it's not working, Mm -hmm. right? This is year three of him getting significant playing time. Um, And they felt like they had a much better roster than what their record has shown. So I, I understand a little bit of it there. Um, the Atlanta thing is interesting, and I, I mean, I think we agree that Arthur Smith is not a good coach. No, um, this is not the not the spot for him, uh, and he'll probably be relieved of his duties, you know, seven days from now. Um, so I, I do, th- I, you know, there is something to be said for a little bit of the patience and letting some things play out and not panicking. Um, but, you know, I mean, I the flip side of it with Minnesota is they were grasping at straws anyway. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they made moves because they're like, well, we're still in this, right? We're right. They had to win win to get in, but it wasn't inconceivable. Right. Right. It, they're still not like I think they need like three things to happen next week. Plus, they have to win but they're not like crazy things that have to happen, you know? So it's like, they're, they're still technically in it. Um, 
So I understand why they did some of it, uh, but they I probably would have pulled the plug earlier last night. On oh, really? Hall. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, once those those first couple series looked pretty bad. Yeah, he didn't. He just didn't look ready for the moment, and that's where like the old Mike Zimmer, Kellen Mond quote needs to come out. Like, yeah, he didn't go in because I've already seen him. I yeah, already I know what him. I got. I already see him every day at practice. Yep, I know what I got. So yeah. we're we're not going to put him in there because we know what we have. Um. So you know, it's. It's it's a tough. I mean, it's a tough spot too, right? Like, there's not many teams that are going to make the playoffs when they play four quarterbacks in a year. Now the Browns are this year, um, but the Browns also, right, solved their issue by going to a well-known veteran, even if he didn't have great years the last couple of years, mm. right? You you knew what you were getting with him for the most part, right? You weren't just grasping randomly for a guy to play quarterback. Yeah. Maybe turns it over more than we anticipated him doing, but yeah, you're right. I think that's, that's probably true. I think, I think too, it's interesting that like, I mean, what is this is what Ryan and I went out to Lambeau two years ago. Yeah. The Sean Mannion bowl. Right. So, I mean, this is like the third time in or the second time in three years that the Vikings have had to run out with a quarterback that's not legitimate in a week 17 game with the playoffs on the line. Yep. It's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. That's a tough. Yeah. And, and, and again, it hasn't worked out either way. Green Bay has gotten a, gotten a free whooping on us at the end of the year, both times. Hopefully that will, uh, hopefully that's the end of that. And hopefully, I mean, they got a big question to ask, but the Kirk thing now, everybody loves Kirk now because he's got his shirt off and he's got a chain and he's blowing the Gallerhorn and everybody loves him. Uh, but they got a big decision to make on him next year because he's 34, 35. He's going to probably get $30 million easy in the open market. And you got to be really honest about what you have. And I'm not sure that Ryan thinks they got to pay him. And I understand that, that thought process too. I just don't know how you're going to do it and pay everybody else. I, I continue to wonder on that one. I, I think Ryan's ready for a new quarterback. He wants to pay Jefferson and let Kurt go. But then go get who? Russell Wilson? I think Ryan's ready to draft a quarterback and start over. That, that's questionable. Jefferson want to start over with J.J. McCarthy or Jalen yeah. Daniels? or I, I do think, like, I, th- I think Kurt is going to get good money from someone because they're going to think they're close and they can make the playoffs with a quarterback. Sure, if you're Denver. The, the problem in Denver is they're going to have all that Russell Wilson money to eat, too. Yep, a lot of dead money. Pay. They might have to wait a year to do it. I I actually floated an idea to Ryan. You know, we were talking about what do you do to fix the Bears, and part of my idea there was to go with Kirk. So, which is probably way off the charts for what everybody is thinking with them, right? Because the debate now is call. Fields or Fields are the number one pick. Well, I'd say the first thing I do when the season ended would be to trade Fields. Because there's there's talk that you can get a first for him. So if I can get a first for Justin Fields, whatever in the mid round, I would do that. And then that tells everyone I'm ready to take a quarterback or one or two, but I'm not yeah. going to. I'm going to trade one or two spots back. I, I don't. I would really like to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. But I think that if you if you get the extra first, right, then you get a boatload to move back two or three spots. You still get your wide receiver. You can really load up on a bunch of stuff. And then say, now I'm going to go get 
try to go get Cousins. And if you don't get him, then I would float the year with whoever. Yeah. I'm still going to have a ton more assets next year where I can address quarterback or uh, add more weapons if I have Kirk. Because right? I think Kirk's going to get 40 years, 50 million from someone. Right. And and we're all going to think it's overpaid, but he's going to get it. He's going to get it right at 200. Someone's going to pay him it. Yeah, absolutely there. 100%. Uh, I, I see, I went the other way a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of with you, but kind of not in the sense that they, I heard there's rumblings that they're going to bring Eberflus back next year. I think the coach is married to the quarterback. So I think that's a telegraphed, I'm going to keep fields in my fifth year option. Um, then I still believe, I think you're right. I do think they're going to trade back out of the one and move back a couple spots, try to acquire picks and take Marvin Harrison Jr. So they can go DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison uh, with the pieces they've got at running back. Uh, try to build more on the O-line, build some defensive players, and try to roll with what they've got for next year. Because I think maybe change the offensive coordinator. You know, they might move Luke Getze out, bring somebody else in. Um, I, I think that's very possible. But by bringing Eberflus back, I don't know if in the middle of the stream they're going to be like, okay, yeah, this guy, we don't know if he did a great job with this quarterback, but we're going to let him go ahead and get the next one and start coaching that one too. I don't know if they can do both. So that's why it feels like, telegraph this move. Now, again, you have Fields on a rookie deal. So could you still pay Kirk and keep Fields? You I, might I don't think to. you can keep him around if you're not. That's fair. If he's not going to start, I think you need to move on from him. It's especially, kind of a, yeah. Especially yeah, if you can get a first rounder for him. No, that's true. I agree. If you can get a first rounder, you might want to do that. Start yeah, the clock that's over. What it sounds like, it sounds yeah. like that the going rate now would be a mid to fir- late first round pick, which would be fine, right? Whether that's Atlanta, um, you know, Vegas. I think those are those are moves that I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. Yeah, Vegas calls and wants to deal up their first round. I mean, they're going to be a middle first round pick. I mean, yeah, take it. Why not? We'll keep an eye on that. We've got, of course, week 18 coming. A lot to get to. We'll see how it all plays out next week in the review pod, which I'm assuming will also fall on Black Monday. We'll see a lot of coaches getting fired, I'm sure. See a lot of shaking up in different organizations, things like that. Hey, let me run through the Hall of Fame finalists with you. The NFL's got a nice list this year. I don't know. They're not going to all get in. But out of this list, who would you prioritize? We'll start at the top. This guy's been passed over a few times. Eric Allen. You like Eric Allen? Uh, Probably not. Wow. he's. I thought he was, you know, when he was playing, I thought he was surefire. He's been put off a few times on this ballot. I mean, it's hard. Okay, go go on. Who else? I mean, here's the list. Maybe I'll go through the whole list and we'll talk it over. Here we go. Yep. Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, offensive lineman, Jari Evans, offensive lineman, Dwight Freeney, D end, um, Antonio Gates, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Tory Holt. Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. All right, and I get six. Isn't it about usually five, six, somewhere in that area? Six. Okay, about six. Um, All right, I think I've got my six as you go through them here. So let's go through and talk about them. Eric Allen. No. Jared Allen. 
I have Jared Allen in. Okay. And, I would and that might be a little bit of um of a bias because he's got some Minnesota years in him, right? So yep. he's spent more time seeing him. But he was a force to be reckoned with. So Jared Allen's in for me. Okay. I'll take Jared Allen with you too. Willie Anderson. Uh no. Yeah, I'm there too. I mean, he's good O tackle. Very good O, but it's really hard to rate that, I think. And I mean, he'll probably get in at some point. I just Jari Evans is a no for me too. Correct. Yeah, not not enough there for me. Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney's in for me. Um just the way he played the game, um he was he was the best player on a good defense for a while. I agree with that. Yeah, he's in. I think he got hurt too much, but but I would say, yeah, he's probably in. Definitely a game changer on the field, right? Antonio Gates. I'm a yes on Gates. Yep. I think he's one of the best tight ends of all time. I agree with you. Rodney Harrison. See, I'm a yes on Harrison. I also have him in as well. I, now, I this just is... think he, there's, the if you look at his resume, mm-hmm. um, there's just so much good things in there. To, I mean, he's, he had what? 34 interceptions. He was a big piece on some big time defenses who won a lot of, you know, I just, yeah. I think he's got to be in. I completely agree. You know, he was on a San Diego team that went to the Super Bowl. He was on a bunch of Patriots teams that went to Super yep. Bowls. He's got to get in uh, this. Now. So we got two spots left. Yep. Devin Hester. I do not have Devin Hester in. And I don't part of, that might be a, if I'm only getting six, he's not in this year. He it's might. a bias on my part, probably too. Punt returner, kick returner. Yeah, he's you know a lot of. I just I can't. You, I got to see more. I I I I don't have a problem with putting him in as a kick returner, right? Because he's he's clearly the best kick returner of a long, long time. Yeah, and, like Brian Mitchell was in that conversation for years, you know, et cetera. Yeah, there's guys, but he's yeah, probably the best one. Yeah, he's he changed the game, right? Yes. So, so, but I just think that there's better guys in this class if I'm only getting six. Correct. Tory Holt. No. God, I don't know what to make of Tory Holt. I think there's a lot of people who, who would put Tory Holt in, but if I'm only yeah, getting I six, like Torrey he's Holt. not on my list here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on Holt. Could be talked into him. Andre Johnson, I'm a no. I'm a no. Uh, Julius Peppers. So I have peppers in. Um, yeah, see, I do too. Again, this might be partially like you know the Green Bay bias now, because he was in with the Packers for a long time, and but he was a top three D end in Carolina, right? In right. League, that, but that's right? that's part of it, right? I mean, he he was good. And he was good when he was at the Bears too. Yeah, exactly. So there's I, a long, I would, pretty long history of top three, top five yeah. D end resume there. Yep, and he so kind of peppers is in. He relearned and adapted in Green Bay, playing a little bit of a different system, too. So, yeah, I've got him in. Fragile Fred Taylor. He's got the stats, but I think if you looked at the eye test, he's a no. So, I think he's a no as well. Um, He might be one of those guys that in a year or two with a different, right, if I'm only getting six. And I, I looked up, it looks like there's anywhere from, like, four to nine guys getting in. So, I'm not sure how they've kind of set that, but. Just kind of an average, kind of a rule of thumb, right? We set ours at six, so he's a no for me if I have to pick six. 
Yeah, he's a no for me just because like he's a box scorer, but like wasn't on any really great teams. Uh, at no point would I value him as a top three running back in the league. Like I, I, I mean, he could argue he was top five at times, but like I just I never saw him as the game changing, game breaking running back. Never saw him as that, and uh, so I got to be a no on him. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne is in for me. So he'd be your six. Yep, he's my last. So you got Wayne in in front of Tory Holt. I do, I do. Um, I think the the part of that is, I like the Tory Holt stuff. They were good, right? The greatest show on turf. Um, and then he went. Did he go to New England for a little bit, right? Uh, yes. Was that yeah. no? Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. He went actually. Yeah, Holt went to um, actually the Jags. The Jags. Sorry, the Jags that's right. It was the Jaguars. The Jags. And so, I think, like when we talk about Reggie Wayne, um, I guess I just felt he was a bigger piece mm. of what they did in Indianapolis than what Tory Holt was with the Greatest Show on Turf, and. I think that, right, I mean, they both had other players around them, right? Right. Because Wayne had Harrison with him, too. Correct. Um, and Bruce for Holt, right? So, yeah, they kind of... Right. But they, he had Bruce. Holt also had um, Falk at running back, which was a big... Yep. And Wayne had Edger and James. And... Yeah, I just... But I Edger and James, to me, was nowhere near what Marshall Falk That's... meant to that offense. That can be fair. That's fair. So that means if you're, if he's your six and I'm willing to be talked into that because I don't know if you can leave both of them off because you got to get this glut of raw wide receivers out. Right. Um, you can't have these two sit against each other forever or cancel each other out. Uh, Patrick Willis and Darren Woodson, that means are out. Uh, yeah, I don't have those guys in. I, you know, again, there's, those are guys that are maybe good enough, but if I only get six votes, they're not getting my votes. Willis's career might be too short, but I mean, that, that proved to be not a big deal with Terrell Davis. Like they put Davis in, uh, they've put different guys in for short careers. Yeah. But so maybe that's Davis out the window, the but Davis was the key in a two, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. And, and an MVP too. Right. Yeah. I guess you could argue that too, but yeah, I thought, I mean, Willis was awesome, but Willis played seven years. So yeah, I don't know if that's enough. It's an interesting question. Uh, and Darren Woodson obviously played 11 years on a really good Dallas team, played all of his years in Dallas. So, um, so we got our six. Okay. There it is. There it is. We'll keep an eye on that. The vote comes out Super Bowl weekend. I do believe. So we will keep you posted on that here at the podcast. Hey, uh, our eliminator got destroyed. So we're not even going to eliminate a team tonight because our eliminator's over. Uh, the Rams clinched a playoff spot and they washed away our eliminator for the fourth consecutive year. Uh, we should talk about where we went wrong. Obviously the Rams, you could say, well, you picked the Rams, you idiot. But I thought when we picked the Rams, they looked dead in the water. Uh, we should have seen Kyron Williams coming. We should have seen Puka Nakua coming, I guess. Uh, how do we improve at our pick, Zach? How do we get better at this? Um, you know, I don't, <laughs> I know, I know Ryan was talking about different approaches to next year and stuff. I don't know that we did anything wrong, right? I mean, if if Mason Crosby makes that field goal, yeah, um, we're I think 
not only would the Rams be considered on the outside looking in, um, I think that, you know, right, the Seattle and the Saints would still be alive for us. Like, we're really, we're a 52-yard field goal away from this still working out, possibly. That is true. So, you know, in the, yeah, in the AFC, things were starting to fall our way, you know, after we were worried about the Houston. AFC, this, the seven teams we've that are in are good with us. Yeah. Right. And it's tight. We've talked about this before, right? When this began, there was one less regular season game, two less playoff spots, two less playoff teams. So now you have to get it exactly right because 14 teams make the playoffs. You don't have any wiggle room. 18 teams miss, and we have to get the 18 teams right. And uh, we'll get 17 of them right, uh, but we won't get 18. Yep. So my only suggestion on this, and I, you're right, I think we did a we did a, the best we could this year based on the data. We had so many teams make runs from the one and four spot or the one and five spot, which are usually curtains, right? That's usually like you're out when that happens. Uh, and we saw teams respond and make make runs. Um, do we wait week one out and do a double elim week two next year? That way we have two weeks to at least watch everybody play and sort of analyze the data through two weeks and then eliminate two teams. Is that a move or do we have to just stay the course, keep doing it the way we did it? I mean, I don't know that that changes much Mm. because right. We have, we haven't been a team we've eliminated week one. Hasn't been the one that's burned us down the road. Yeah. So I don't know that that changes things much. Plus, right, I mean, the Eliminator was an off-the-cuff thing the first night we we did this, right? Yeah. We, we were talking, and I just randomly said, can we eliminate the Texans from playoff contention right now? <laughs> and here we are four years later with a running bit on it. Yes. Um. So I think that we have to eliminate someone week one because that's – that's sort of the origin of the bit. Yeah, like like you guys are terrible week one, you're out. We don't even need to see the next 18 weeks. That's, you know what, that's that's fair. I, I that's that's very fair. Uh I will uh I I will co-sign on that. I will absolutely co-sign on that. That'll be great. Um so we'll keep it the same for next year. We'll take another run at it. Before we go uh to power rankings, I want to pat myself on the back for winning my first fantasy football championship in the Ultimate Football League. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. I know everybody's proud of me. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's it's a blessing. Thank you. It. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think I think we were all rooting for you when it came down to the championship game. It um, was nice to have fans. It was nice to have fans finally in this league. And so, uh, and it was nice to see you not uh, shrivel up in the moment. Because that's been a theme. That's happened. That's the been running big. Both seasons. <laughs> and I was worried sick about it happening. Like, you know, Jesse called and he, you know, basically gave us the concession call at like 2.30 in the afternoon yesterday and was like, gents, congratulations. You know, it's a real special thing when you give the concession call. I've given it a few times in my in my that's time. In way, I, I hate that. Don't you hate the concession call? Over. Yeah, don't call yeah. me until it's over. Well, that's what I immediately responded with. Like, it's not over yet. I am I am waiting as long as humanly possible. Yep. Um, and even when T. Higgins was out of the game yesterday and we started piling up the points with Harrison Butker and DK Metcalf and we were up by 25, Nick's like, are you ready to concede it yet? Are you ready to call ourselves champions? I'm like, nah, I need five more minutes. We need to wait, wait, wait. Yep. We need to wait for this to play. I was waiting all the way up until the end. 
Uh, we got up by 30, I think, late. And that's when I said, okay, I think we can celebrate. There's a minute to go and we're up by 35. I feel good about it. <laughs> I think we can cheer. It's just you, you always wait for the bad thing to happen to you in fantasy football, and it usually does. So I was waiting for it, and I'm glad it didn't happen. It was a big day. Uh, very proud of it. I was giddy as hell last night. Like I said, I, I would have got drunk if wife wanted to go out for New Year's Eve. She didn't. Uh, so I did not get drunk. But I would have. Shocker. To, to celebrate. <laughs> All right, let's do power rankings. Um, Ryan's not here, but let me just give you Ryan's five real quick. Because I think his five are going to be close to ours. Baltimore, one. We agree, right? Yep. San Francisco, two. We agree. Yep. He's got Dallas at three. Which is surprising to me after yeah, he, the way that Lions-Cowboys game went and how pro-Lions he's been. Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah, well, I don't know. He shits on the Lions all the time. He, yeah, he was trying to figure like, out how to like you with the Super Lions for a while, and then he's that's, that's he's true. pretty anti Lions right now. Then he was like, "Oh, they're gonna collapse. They're gonna collapse." And yeah, I don't know. He was like, he was sitting there three weeks ago, going, "I think there's a way the Vikings still win this division, and yeah, the Lions true. don't make the play." <laughs> God, can we run that tape back for him? <laughs> we'll get into the archive and see if we can dig that up for him here. Uh, but I got I got Dallas at three too, just based on the Philly loss, based on you know kind of some of the other things that we've seen. I'll take Dallas there too. Yes, they probably got that game handed to them, but you know what? Hey, they have it. It's theirs. It's their win. They don't have to apologize for it. Yeah, and I think now that they're in a spot where they're at home, yep, for much of the playoffs, maybe all of it, depending yeah. on right. I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? Like the the one. The one seed in the new format, right? Getting the winner of the four five game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that five seed is pretty tough. Yeah, well, that five seed's usually good enough to win a division somewhere else, right? Right. Like in the and case so of this it's, one, it's interesting. Like you know, when they had the before and they reseeded everything after the the rounds. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I like it as much for the one seed anymore. But I will say. Um, Dallas being at home is a huge piece. So yeah, I'll agree to them at three. All right. So we all agree there. Uh, I've been on Cleveland for three weeks. They've been in my top five. Uh, They continue to win. Uh, Their defense continues to be really good. And Joe Flacco has thrown more touchdowns in five games than half than six teams in the NFL have thrown all season. Um, Joe Flacco looks like a different guy uh, than what we saw the last few years as he was kind of playing out the string as a journeyman. Um, and I think they can legitimately win a playoff game or two with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I've got them at four. Ryan's got them at four. Ryan believes in Cleveland all of a sudden. Do you believe in Cleveland? Well, he's had Cleveland, I think, at five for a couple weeks. I think, I know I've been there for the longest, I think, on Cleveland, but I think he might have joined me last week on Cleveland. But I got Cleveland at four as well, because I I think Cleveland has earned it. I'm going to surprise you here, and probably a lot of people. I'm going to take Kansas City at four. I got Casey at five. I think that despite the record and some of the struggles, um, things are starting to fall into a good spot for them. Mm-hmm. The two seed is still within their grasp, right? They could, they, they could, could move win. up. Yep. And, because the uh, Bills and the Dolphins play for the division right. next Sunday night, right? So the Dolphins yeah. are going to have a big game. <clears throat> I just like I and and 
they could also, I mean, the AFC is going to be wild. However, things match up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's just say this without projecting all these possibilities. If things hold the way they are, like Kansas City going to Miami, that doesn't scare me if I'm Kansas City. Mm. I think, I mean, yes, they've got some high-powered stuff in Miami, and I th- and I don't think Miami's a slouch. But if I'm going to pick my second-round game out of those, like I think that's I'd much rather play Miami in Miami. Yeah, and that's, Kansas City's defense has been pretty good. Yeah, they have been. They were really good yesterday. And, and they started to find something with Rice. They f- kind of got something going with him. And Pacheco was a difference maker. Like, he was awesome yesterday. Big cough there. Yeah, there you Sorry. go. Sorry. Uh, and then at Kansas City. You have City, a cold that won't go away, do you? You guys have like a, it's like an eight-month cold for you. Well, I, th- I think the cold is gone now. I'm just losing my voice a little bit. Hmm. It's been, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, not not that New Year's was wild or anything, but just a lot of stuff going on. And, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so I got Kansas City in yeah the four spot. I got Kansas City at five, and uh, Ryan has Buffalo at five. And Buffalo to I agree with him on that. Buffalo's probably been the most dangerous team the last month. And if Buffalo makes the playoffs, say they win the division and they get like the three seed or the two seed, whatever. I mean. Boy, that went from being like in the outhouse out of the playoffs completely to having to maybe go on the road at KC round one to now maybe hosting an opening round game. That's pretty incredible in the span of a month. Uh, They have figured it out Uh, with all the other turmoil and all the stuff around them. I don't know if there's a team playing better than them the last month or so. So, yeah, he's got them at five. They're not in my top five, but I understand that pick. I do. So I believe just punching in things here, the playoff machine. That if Kansas City wins and Buffalo wins, I think Buffalo jumps all the way to the two. You might be right because they have the tie because they would have the tiebreaker, right? Don't they? Yeah. Haven't they played Kansas City and they yeah. beat them? So yeah. that that is an enticing one. I'm gonna go with the Lions at five. Mm. Uh, I think they they're good and they're dangerous because the a the coaching staff coaches like crazy. Right, and they kind of have that yep. nothing to lose mentality all the time. Yeah, right. Like I don't think they're going to go into the playoffs and be tight. I don't get that vibe. I'm with you, and and that was part of the reason. Like I told Ryan when they were going to play, um, last year when it was can or the Lions and the Packers the last week, and there were some things that could have happened where the Lions would have still had a shot Sunday night, but they got eliminated. Sunday during the day. Yep. And I was like, that's the worst thing I think that could have happened for Green Bay. Because now you're going to get, you know, Detroit, who's already going to pull out all the stops. Like, now they got nothing to lose. And they did. They ran, like, three, four trick plays and whatever. Like, I expect them to fully do that here in the playoffs. So I just think they're a dangerous team that I wouldn't want to face early. Yeah, the only thing about them that is tough is that that Rams team is also a team I don't want to play. Like, I think they're beatable, no question, but that's a dangerous Rams team all of a sudden, and Sean McVay is coaching his ass off. Like, he could be him or, it's him or Stefanski, I think, for coach of the year. You could maybe argue Steichen or D'Amico Ryans, but, I mean, that what, what McVay's done with that Rams team is nothing short of impressive. Like, uh, they're legitimately good right now. So, we'll take an eye on that. It'll be fun to watch. So, you're that's Detroit for you at five. Yep. Fantastic. 
So that is our short football pod, you and I. We did 48 minutes just like that. Look at you and I. Look at you and I. That's fantastic stuff. Uh, once again, this is going to go on the feed. You can find it at timpodcast.podbean.com. You can check the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, you name it. It's around there. Comment, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Appreciate you doing that sort of thing. Um, you can also send us an email, timpodcast1 at yahoo.com. Facebook.com slash Tim Podcast. I think I got covered it all. I think I covered it all right there. So coming up later on in the feed, pay attention to it. Zach, me, talking baseball. It's coming your way really, really soon. So until next time, for Zach, for Tim, saying keep your head up. Happy New Year once again. We'll see you.